In this episode of The Full Nerd, Zen 3 and Radeon RX 6000. Welcome to The Full Nerd episode. I don't even know because I wasn't counting. (laughs) I'm still floored by the news from AMD, of course. It's all AMD Zen 3 and Radeon RX 6000 days. I'm with you, Gord Maung, with co-host Brad Charkas. I feel like we just witnessed history being made. Eleni Yi, who only call out the prices. That's not true. <laughs> <laughs> and Adam Patrick Murray is controlling the vertical and horizontal. Calling in a 5950. Got busted for drugs, you know? Dang it. <laughs> oh, you're right. <laughs> oh, okay, so... 5150 and a, a psych call? <laughs> yeah, 5150 yeah. is a... Yeah, that's anyway. where they... 24-hour cycle. Yeah, uh, Gordon, recap, recap for us. So recap, if you, if you didn't catch the news, you want to hear it now. We're going to break down everything. AMD just showed off Zen 3, four CPUs, Ryzen 5, 5600X, six cores, 12 threads, four six boost, 299, 65-watt TDP, Ryzen 7, 5800, eight cores, 16 threads, 105-watt TDP, $449, Ryzen 9, 5900X, 12 cores, 24 threads, 4.8 boost, 105 watt TDP, 549. And of course, the big kahuna, the Ryzen 9, 5950X, 16 threads, 30, 16 cores, 32 threads, 149 uh, boost, 105 watt TDP, 799 on the price. It's really a wow, right? All four of those CPUs will go on sale on November 5th. You'll be able to apparently get them if the bots don't get to them, although AMD says they're going to try to do something about that. But the big news is these CPUs, finally, if their claims are correct, um, and it does seem like there's a lot of weight to that, they will be the fastest gaming CPUs out there, also offering the best single-threaded performance. We saw a demonstration where a 5900X scored 631. And I think the 10900K was maybe, what, 570 or so. So there are 12 cores outperforming Intel's 10 core. And also at the end, if you didn't catch it, uh, Lisa Su said the the Ryzen 9 5950X, a 16 core with the slightly higher boost clocks, I think it was 540 in Cinebench R20. So it's actually slightly faster despite having more cores. Um, it really, the big news though, is AMD is claiming to offer the best gaming CPU. Uh, that is something Intel has had been able to say for the last three years, we're still faster than games, even though Ryzen has continually, continually encroached on them. Even when it just got ridiculous with core count on Ryzen, Intel was always able to say, we got better gaming. In fact, you saw the performance from NVIDIA on the 3000 launch. They showed it with uh, with Intel, Core i9. Some people thought, well, what about PCIe 4 and Ryzen? Well, it looks like actually, no, we'd still rather have clock speeds. So but these- and you got both with these if the, you know, the claims are true. Right. And, you know, it looks like it. They showed a lot of numbers. All has to be independently verified, of course. I don't doubt it. Uh, I, I will say, let's talk about some of the design of the CPU. The big change, P3 
previous uh, Ryzen uh, 2000, uh, 3000, they were based on a base four four cores in a CCX. Even though they were on the same die, they were connected to a second CCX across Infinity Fabric. With Zen 3, the big change is now we're going to jam uh, eight cores into one single CCX. And before you had two separate L3 caches between those those different CCXs. Now it's just one single big ass pool of 32 meg of L3 cache between those 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 cores. And also one thing that AMD is saying is like, look, we were able to cut out a lot of latency. Um, so by that, if you had uh, a thread, if you had to cross over from you know this CCX and an older design to a second CCX, there you would eat some latency going across Infinity Fabric. With the new design, it's just basically all on one. So they greatly cut down on the latency. They think a lot of that is where they're getting their performance boost in gaming. But there's other changes too. A lot of people thought, well, this is going to be uh, 7 nanometer plus. It is actually not. It is actually basically the same 7 nanometer TSMC process. They're basically saying, look, we, we the cores were great on uh, Ryzen 3000. But we went in there. There's always something you can fix in the core itself. They actually went in. They they improved cache prefetching, improvements to the execution engine, branch predictor, micro op cache, front end load store. All ends up being a 19% uplift in IPC. That's instructions per clock, and that's comparing a Ryzen uh, 3900X versus a 5900X. Both of them locked at gigahertz and they basically ran i think uh, 25 different workloads to determine the 19 percent ipc uplift little different than the probable way it does was done measured in you know 15 years ago but these days it's 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 a pretty valid way to do it so they also do get a small clock bump well i guess it seems small but actually it's a significant because the 3950x the chip with 16 uh 16 cores actually has the highest clock speed at 4.9 gigahertz. Yep. Uh, basically, every every chip down from there steps down 100 megahertz. It's like 49484746. It's pretty easy math, right? Yeah, but when you combine it with that IPC increase, you can definitely see where they're making these claims from. Yeah, so it's everything. It's the it's the IPC increase. It's a clock increase. It's also uh, the fact that you know they've gone to you know an eight. CCX design, so now they squeeze a lot of latency out. They didn't get into the nitty-gritty of the actual die configurations. Uh, I can tell you that on the 6-core, it's basically one single CCX, so basically it's not split. Remember the original, uh, uh, some of those Zen, I think it was Zen 2, right? You had you had 3 and 3, so they would join two different um, CCXs. And this is basically, so the 6-core is a single CCX design, single CCD. The 8-core is a single CCD. For the 12-core, it's two CCDs. And for the 16-core, it is two CCDs as well. So you do connect, of course, the CCDs across Infinity Fabric. I specifically asked them, like, well, if you're saying you're getting all this gaming performance because you've gone to the 8-cores on a single CCX and you lose all that latency... Doesn't this hurt your performance on the 12 and 16 core? Uh, Robert Halleck's response was like, well, look, uh, we think it's a wash. And honestly, if you look at it, we put the fastest cores in the dual CCD design. So their answer is no, it doesn't make any difference. So um, makes sense. Makes sense, right? So yeah. <clears throat> wow, right? But, you know, yeah. you know, 
if we want to look at, do we want to look at some of these gaming performance numbers, Adam? What's, that's the crazy part to me, the gaming performance. Just the, the, I mean, they must really believe this to come out. They had it right big in big letters behind Lisa Sue, the world's best gaming CPU, which is exactly what Intel did with the 10900K. That's exactly how they pitched it. So, yeah. Wow. Yeah. Oh, we do have a, if you, you want to look the at the 5900X first. Yeah, we'll do the 5900. Later on, we should show the, we should show actually the core configuration as well. I did. But let's show the 5900 versus the 3900 XT. I think that's a good slide. That's slide 11. Oh, slide 11. All right. Let me get that queued up. What are they looking at, Gordon? So uh, this shows League of Legends, PUBG, Dota, blah, 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 blah. Just a ton of different games. Ryzen 9, 3900 XT. That's no chump chip itself, right? Against a Ryzen 9 5900X. League of Legends, 50% increase for that 5900X over that 3900XT. PUBG, 33%. Dota 2, 24%. F1, 24%. Battlefield 5, 5% increase. Total War 3, uh, Total War 3 Kingdoms, 6%. CSGO, 46%. Uh, Shadow of the Shroom Rider, 28%. Far Cry New Dawn, 22%. Ashes of the Singularity, 19%. <clears throat> Again, 3900XT was was not a bad CPU. That was an awesome no. CPU to have, but this 5900X just kills it, right? And those are you know, definitely like if you look at PUBG, like that game is notorious for being single thread reliant. Like that that hammers a single thread. Like you wanted Intel for PUBG, and for it to be that much of an uplift in these numbers is impressive. Yeah, but of course we don't care, right? We don't care about AMD. You want to see Intel? So here are the numbers. Um, Which slide? This is slide 13. Core i9 10900K versus a Ryzen 9 5900X. Is it up? Yep. Again, same game lineup, 21% over a 10900K. Again, that is a 5.3 gigahertz turbo velocity boost chip. PUBG, 5%. Dota, 6%. F1, 6%. Battlefield 5, negative 3%. <clears throat> Total War Three Kingdoms, plus 1%. CSGO, 19%. Shadow of the Tomb Raider, 6%. Far Cry New Dawn, 2%. Ashes of the Singularity, plus 5%. And I know, of course, you're going, well, that doesn't seem like an awful lot, but you're comparing that to, you know, literally the fastest gaming CPU up until now, apparently. The fact that AMD can say, look, our chip is every bit as fast, in fact, faster in these games than your best your fastest gaming CPU makes our CPU the best gaming GPU. And I know the Delta isn't what you're seeing over a Ryzen 3000, which also shows you the deficit that that, that series of CPU has had since the beginning. They were always 10 to 20% slower. With this CPU, AMD basically unlocks that final achievement, two final achievements. Final achievement being better at games. This is something yep. we've heard since the beginning, mm -hmm. right? You had Ryzen. The original Ryzen came out. I was like, wow, this is a fantastic price. But, man, this 1080p gaming performance is weird. What's going on? It kind of like, I don't get it, right? It really kind of bugged some people. Didn't change yep. with Ryzen 2000 series. Didn't change with Ryzen 3000 series. Got better. But now it's finally behind them. AMD has basically unlocked that last achievement, which is to make not only the fastest multi-core CPU, but the fastest gaming CPU and also, from what they've shown off, allegedly the fastest single-threaded CPU, which, of course, they proved showing off a Cinebench R20.
uh, but so Gordon, it would just be the fastest during, CPU period. Well, pe- people during the chat was like, "Hey, who cares about 1080p? Why are they showing 1080p, Gordon?" <laughs> yeah, so that's. I mean, that's. I, I think that's really worth bringing up because I will tell you when we did the original Ryzen review, uh, it was it was confusing. I said like, "This is a fantastic CPU, but these 1080p gaming things scores really kind of disturbed me." Brad did his own story. He's like, wow, you know, this isn't so great, right? You got mm-hmm. people burned you on the internet. People went in, they just they yelled at Steve from Gamers Nexus over and over and over again because he MD shill because of the 1080p. Why are you testing 1080p performance? That's ridiculous to test it with 1080p with the high-end GPU. And of course, I will tell you, CPU reviewers do that because you want to sort of simulate what would happen if you had an infinitely fast GPU. You don't want to have the GPU hold everything back, so you will run 1080p low to medium or even 720 because the whole idea is the GPU is literally holding you back at high resolutions at 4k at 1440p so you run low resolutions and the, a lot of people got really angry about that um, now of course it's now flipped around because uh, now everybody's saying oh you know 1080p is <laughs> if you are saying 1080p is now acceptable to run you're being a little bit hypocrite and I guess you could probably say the same thing on the Intel side because those folks are saying what you shouldn't be running 4K. You should be running 1080p. You 1080p medium because you you know that is the that is the whole my team is better than your team attitude. That piece I did for the first gen Ryzen talking about the gaming performance versus an older thing. That's the single article that got me the most hate mail out of anything I've ever written. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and you know I think people really they really you know of course the it was everybody everybody's got their thumb on the scale for intel but i will tell you doing that testing it was bizarre it made no sense because up until then every cpu that was the fastest in single threaded and multi-threaded single threaded especially was always fastest in gaming until that original rising came out right and it was a little strange and i will say i didn't really think it was a it was a deal breaker because if you're playing at 4k or you're playing at 1440p the, the GPU is essentially the bottleneck on your performance, and I would take eight cores over four cores with a slight decrease in gaming. That was that was generally, I think, what most people who looked at it in the, in the totality would determine. But um, Ryzen nine, I mean, fifty nine hundred, these Zen three basically obliterates that whole thing. Now, now it's mm-hmm. it is you know they're saying the world's best gaming CPU. I will say that is a lawyer thing. People don't want to say fastest because then it gets, you know, like, well, this game, you're slower. Battlefield 5, you're slower by 3%. It's not the fastest, right? Well, that's where you get lawyers involved. Best, you, a lawyer can argue, yeah, you get, you know, more cores for, you know, game streaming and you're getting better gaming performance in, you know, 95% of the games. So very impressive. Especially the Far Cry. Like I said in the uh, live stream, the Far Cry New Dawn being equal to... uh the 10900K in, in performance from their numbers. That's really impressive because Far Cry New Dawn has been notoriously bad with Ryzen architecture for what and I'm not sure if it's an engine thing, what's going on. They just didn't like Ryzen. For it to be on par with the 10900K in that game is noteworthy. Yeah, and that's actually something I called out if you look at my uh, story on the website. Go to PCWorld.com for the new story. Uh, is I, I called that game out because it's like, this game has always just kind of like been bad. Far Cry, previous versions of Far Cry, Far Cry New Dawn. AMD's always been behind in that. And they're now basically dead even. So 
It's basically performing like or better an Intel CPU, which I think is pretty damn good, right? Yeah. It felt like a mic drop watching the presentation just because, I mean, before we used to see it as your top your chip would have a lower clock speed. And then AMD changed that last uh, generation, if I remember right. And now they're coming out and saying, oh, well, you get that and our single core performance is better. So you have no compromises getting a 3900X or even a 3950X, which I think is a really interesting development in terms of trends for chips. Yeah. Um, one thing I also want to point out, uh, there's also a story on PCWorld.com. We'll cover that here. Uh, what you need to do to make sure your motherboard is ready for Zen 3. We're going to talk about that as a public service announcement. Um, uh, is it also, ready? Spoilers. Let us know. Yeah, so basically, I will I will give you the information now. Uh, come on, catch up here, Acrobat. Where is it? Uh, and I am posting. We we actually were uh, pre briefed on a bunch of stuff. So all of this stuff, my take on the Radeon cards, a bunch of stuff from Gordon about all this stuff. Go to PC World right now. You can read it all. But stick around if you want to talk about Radeon, because I want to hear Brad's opinion on the Radeon. I didn't really (laughs) – so stick around. I'm going to tell you right now. So if you have an AMD 500 series chipset motherboard, you basically, to get it ready, you have to have a BIOS with a GISA that is AMD's basically encapsulated BIOS that they give out to people to base their BIOSes on to let the the CPU boot. You need a GISA. 1.0.80, 1.0.80, which uh, AMD pronounces at 1080, at 10.80. So you need 1.8.0.80. I actually checked. Uh, there's an Asus motherboard that already has that. It actually was rolled in in August. So if you have that Agisa on the board, the board will be ready to boot your Zen 3 once it arrives from Newegg or Amazon or wherever or Micro Center. You got it. You stood in line. You got your. If you have that Agisa on the board, you can now post. Also, <clears throat> what you also need to do, though, if you ha- if you sort of like, well, I've got this this BIOS update already. I'm good to go. I don't have to worry about it. On November 5th or s- right around there, uh, Motherboard Partners will be launching a GISA 11.0, which is basically 1.1.0. This is an IP address. 1.1.0.0. So that BIOS will actually, Agisa, will actually have the uh, all of the enhancements, all of the intended for Zen 3. Uh, I'm going to guess that uh, 10.80 that's been in place already is probably just for all the board vendors to do all their bring-ups and the, all their testing. And 11, 11.0 is the one that really kind of rolls in the performance. I do wonder if maybe they did that to, you know, prevent leaks. So maybe that other one just lets you boot the board, but it maybe maybe hobbles the clock so you can't do any leak testing that uh, partners often do. If you have an AMD 400 series motherboard, of course, we know all of your shouting caused AMD to backdate some of those motherboards to support <laughs> Zen 3. BIOS updates for AMD Ryzen 5000 series processors currently in development with motherboard partners. Customers should expect first beta releases for AMD 400 series motherboards starting in January 2021. So 500 people, you'll be ready to go on 11.5. 400 people, you'll have to wait a little bit longer, uh, assuming you can get the chip anyway. So 
that's what you need to do if you have an AM4 motherboard. Of course, didn't mention that all these are AM4. They should work in all 500 series and some 400 boards that will support it with a new BIOS in January. That's cool. It thinks that there's a little bit of a delay, but it makes sense. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, it's the new stuff first. Yeah, I mean, most people um, are gonna. If you have a 500 board, you're you're really kind of chomping at the bit to get this. It seems like. So there's actually a cool slide. Let's go to slide 24. It's crazy, right? On slide it. 24. <laughs> no, I yeah, just I, think I just loaded all of them. There's a lot of slides. <laughs> all right, here's number 24. This is basically, you know, in video games, you know how. I'm not into it, but you know how you get your achievements or a hat? AMD has achieved full achievement and hats in its view. uh, Metric, 1080p gaming, AMD claims to be top. Core architecture IPC, AMD claims to be the leader. Power efficiency, AMD is the leader. Single-threaded performance, AMD is saying, hey, we got this now, too. That's another unlock, right? That wasn't always the case before. They've now unlocked that achievement. Multi-thread performance, they've had that achievement for two years. Performance per dollar, yeah, AMD's had that for quite a while now. And backwards compatibility, AMD has had that achievement since 2017, right? So that's they've got them all, right? Is there anything that's really missing for a gaming PC or enthusiast PC? Um. I actually would like to talk about performance per dollar at some point. I'm not sure when's the best point in all of this uh, discussion, but I, I do find it really interesting that 3600X took a $50 jump, which in that price range to me is a little concerning to see, just a smidge. And I can talk more about that later if we're going to hold that part of the discussion or we can talk about it now. No, I think it's worth it because I, I'm looking at, I have, I, if you guys look at that, I, Put an, I created an Excel spreadsheet. Oh, I didn't. It oh, did actually basically. Your, did you make your dollar chart? I love. That I didn't chart. do the dollar chart this time. <laughs> I think they're still <laughs> they're still offering you more threads per dollar, but the prices have gone up. Uh, thirty six hundred X is two fifty. Thirty eight hundred X is four hundred. Thirty nine hundred. Thirty six hundred X is three hundred dollars now. Is it? Is it three yeah. hundred? Oh, I thought yeah. it was. Two, I must have grabbed the wrong that's, number. So. That's why I'm a little like. Mm, no, I no, no. What that's, this means. You're talking about 5600X. Oh, yeah. Sorry. You said 3600X. My bad. Yeah. So the, the so 3000 series, the 3600X was 250. Uh, Ryzen 7, uh, 3800X was 400. Ryzen 9, 3900X was 500. Ryzen 9, 5900X was 750. Basically, add $50 to get the new lineup. Mm-hmm. Um, it's clear to me that AMD is very comfortable with their performance to price it above what the previous parts are, right? Because you would think like, well, maybe like before Intel could say, we still got you on gaming. AMD said, well, you know what? We got that now. So we're going to charge you a little bit more. We're still giving you more threads um, supposedly. But, you know, I also on that chart, I have uh, the i5 10600K, the 10700K and the 10900K. the 10900K is 10 cores at 488. The 10700K is 8 cores at 374. The uh, i5-10600 is 6 cores at 262, right? These were launch prices. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, you are definitely – it does feel like that 10600K is a better positioned against that uh, new Ryzen 5 5600X, right? A little bit. A little bit. Right. 
So, yeah, my concern is just that if we're, we're seeing, I mean, we are getting, you are getting more performance, or we assume you will. We won't know for sure until benchmarks come out, obviously. But assuming you get more performance, I still think that, you know, aside, you know, just looking purely at numbers, once you're in the $300 price range, that's the old, you know, way old core i7 range right so like that's a little bit of the higher end already for somebody who's doing a mainstream build and i think putting your what used to be your mid-tier chip in the 300 dollars range is a little bit um i don't know i just i don't know how the market's going to respond to that i think it's i mean obviously if you're going to get performance for the money you get that's great you always want to at least get your money's worth but I, I don't know what that means in terms of trends going forward and what to expect from AMD. Because before they really took that approach of here, here is a lot of performance. Maybe it's not like, you know, crushing it on single core uh, performance, but you get more cores. You can do more stuff with it in terms of beyond just gaming. And you know what? When the next generation comes out, we're going to put everything on fire sale just because we want to get more market share. We want to get more reach in general. And I mean, they went through it in their presentation. They're saying like, we've established ourselves, right? We've proven ourselves. We have a track history or sorry, we've, we've proven, um, we have a track record of, you know, really coming out and delivering. And I'm a little worried, like I'm a, I'm a warrior by nature, but I'm a little <laughs> concerned that this is the turning point. You know, like a lot of people do this, right? Like when they're working to establish themselves, they'll give you more discounts, coupon codes, uh, they'll do jobs for less money kind of thing. And once they establish themselves, they start charging more, which, you know, is a good thing, right? Everyone's got to eat, everyone's got to put bread on their table. But I I do wonder if this is a little bit of a a dimming, maybe not an end to an era, but like a dimming on the era of like, holy crap, you get so much from AMD. I am, I'm kind of bummed, not bummed, not whatsoever. This, I agree with you they're saying hey this is like the best you can buy that's why it's worth the money now uh but the fact that there has always been a non-x version of these chips you know helps me out a little bit because yes 300 dollars is a lot for a mid-range chip or not a lot that's like you said used to be core i7 ish levels but you know if this is the x class price you'd have to expect the non-x version to be just a little bit slower in clock speeds for 50 bucks maybe even more off so I think I so. like if you look at our best gaming CPU article on PC World right now, uh the chip we actually recommend is the 3600, not the 3600X even though the X is faster. So I am going to withhold judgment on that too much until we see more of the lineup. I agree. I just think that it's not going to be that much. Um there's not going to be a, I I don't know. Maybe there will yeah. be a larger differential between those two, but usually the the non X versus the X version are still close ish yeah. in price. So yeah. we could see an, uh, a bump on the thirty six or sorry the fifty six hundred plain vanilla version. Wouldn't it be nuts if it we see actually totally see reverse of positions like AMD is charging three hundred dollars for this thirty six <laughs> or oh, fifty six hundred X, and then <laughs> Intel starts discounting the six hundred K. It would be I, funny. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I know. I that's and you know one thing I do want to point out, <clears throat> MD does go into performance per dollar leadership in their presentation. Um so they're claiming on the 5600X since that's probably where it's a lot more competitive with Intel. Um they're saying 19% more single thread performance per dollar, multi-threaded performance 20% more multi-thread performance per dollar and then 1080p gaming 
performance per dollar is 13% over that uh, 10, 600 K. I will say though, this is based on a street price. I don't know if I got it wrong, but uh, maybe it's just realistic of the core I five, 10, 600 K at two ninety nine, Whereas mm-hmm. the 5,600 X is basically the same price at two ninety nine. And I do want to point out earlier, I said the 10, 900 K is four eighty eight. It is somewhere in a dream of when it came <laughs> out. If you luckily got one, you go look on Amazon or Newegg right now, and you're paying $650 for that 10-core 10900K, if you can find it. So at the high end, the Core i9 and Core i7 prices are pretty inflated, but it's like about 275 for that 10600K on the street. I'm looking at the price history for that, and it's pretty interesting. You can tell Intel saw this coming because the, the price dropped from that from 300 down to the current price just at the very end of September. So they actually lowered the price on that in the past week. Yeah, yeah. No, actually, one thing I do want to point out, this is information they didn't bring up in the YouTube live stream, and I I think I neglected to put it into my story, but, you know, there's always talk of, you know, the coolers, right? People love those Wraith coolers. The demarcation line for this launch, for these chips anyway, for these four, is 105-watt CPUs do not get coolers in the box, PIB, or no, no coolers. Basically, 105, uh, and... 65 watts, anything 65 watts and below will come with a Wraith cooler. The higher-end ones do not. I, I understand why. I do Ooh. think some people may want the Ryzen 7 with the Wraith cooler, but, you know, that's... Ooh, I don't know we've had this. That. We've had this discussion in the past, and I don't like that for Intel Ooh. or AMD, so... I, yeah, yeah you, you're, you're more fine with it, but for me, yeah, I mean, I just you should get the things that makes your parts work out of the box this is just making me even more anxious about where they're going with pricing <laughs> and oh, what no. you get <laughs> i'm worried what if these what if they made up all their numbers oh no no, no i no, didn't the, say that i didn't say that I know, part. I know, i'm not I know. going there i'm just i'm with brad on this where it's it's always that nice thing where it's like yeah okay i just spent you know fifty thousand dollars on a car it doesn't really matter that you threw in this like seat cover because i already spent this much on a car but it's just nice psychologically to get that bonus you know what i mean i i see it as i mean if you spot i mean that analogy if we were to use it if you bought a fifty thousand dollar car hey guess what we're gonna preload it with 10 cds for you (laughs) <laughs> what, what do I want this? I don't listen to this crap. I don't right. It's just like if so you're again, buying a high end car. Yeah. So I mean, like, yeah, but you're like you're about to walk off a lot, and they hand you like, look, we're rid- this is our own music mix we're giving you with this car. I'm like, oh. okay, but in fairness, though, a cooler is way more practical than either the yes. examples we use. It's not like a, I mean, even a seat cover is a little more practical than the CD analogy that you're using. Uh, Elena, right now. Okay, then let me give you this: you just bought a fifty thousand dollar Mustang. We're going to give you our a dealerships. Tic-tac. License plate cover. Datum. No, because this is realistic. Because you got, I'm going to give you the license plate cover, right? You know, I'll tell you, anybody who no, bought a Mustang doesn't that's, do anything. But yeah, that's <laughs> not quite the same thing whatsoever. It, it covers your, but I mean, what what do you need it for? What you, You're going to go out in the auto zone or you're going to go order your custom license plate cover. I just think it's just, you don't really care about the cover. I think, frankly, this is why I never thought it was a problem with Intel. I don't think it's a problem with AMD because you're not going to use it. You're just going to put that cooler on a shelf. It's going to go nowhere. We've had this talk in the past, but if you look on <laughs> PCMR Reddit or any of the other Reddits, there's an awful lot of builds that 
take pride in actually having that stock rate cooler. So yeah, but I'm not I'm not terribly torn up about it. I think everyone should have coolers across the board, but I can understand where they're coming from. I guess, but same. I don't like it for Intel or AMD, but same. I don't want to let that you know take away from the fact that I, I really think that we could have just witnessed PC history. Like, I don't want to let little things like that take away from the fact that this is AMD coming out and saying, hey, we're better in everything right now, which it needs to be tested by independent reviewers like me and you. It needs to, you know, we need to be certain of that. But they're coming out stating that pretty strongly. And it's been a long time since AMD has been able to do that. Yeah. Actually, Adam, you want to pop up slide 20? I think it's worth talking about here. Just Slide 20, for sure. Uh, Also, we do have some super chats uh, that have been piling up. So thanks to to all you fine folks out there. John Dojic, uh, Clayton Jones, Magical Flying Fox, Jeffrey Grubb, Ulrich Cole. Jeff. Eskimonster, Matthew Molis, thank you so much. We have a couple questions that that I want to get to. But yeah, here's, uh, wait, what was the number? 20? Uh, it's slide 20, and then I want okay, to talk about yeah, 21 afterwards. But basically, this is AMD comparing the 3900X against a 3950X against 16 cores against the 16 core Ryzen 9 5950X. I thought it was actually pretty, pretty good to use this because, you know, they were both 16 core 32 threads. They were not going to, it doesn't really knock it out of the ballpark and everything. Premiere Pro doesn't always eat all those, those threads. Uh, even in V-Ray, which is very, you know, uh, multi-core dependent you're still you know 12 percent, and then cad solidworks interestingly they're getting a much larger boost 27 percent, and then doing a gcc compile it's a solid you know nine percent so some of that's from clock but it looks like in a lot of those sort of traditional places that amd has just sort of kicked butt on it's not going to like it's going to be better with zen 3 but it's not going to rock your world but the gaming is again this is that. This is a huge, huge deal for AMD because look at the gaming performance on that 3950X. You know, 16 cores versus a 5950X. 28% for Ashes of the Singularity. 29% for Far Cry New Dawn. 29% for Tomb Raider. 13% for you know Total War Three Kingdoms. They basically, you could almost if you were to cover up the top of this chart, you would think that was an Intel CPU against. A Ryzen chip, right? Because Intel's just always had that lead. But basically, this is Zen 3 showing gaming performance in excess of what they're saying in a, a 10900K can get. So I think that, to me, is just sort of like it's really about that gaming performance here. You know, it's crazy. And you get, of course, all the multi-core performance. It's crazy. You know, Intel tried to get ahead of this a little bit yesterday. They came out and announced that Rocket League's coming out the quarter one of next year. Uh, it's going to have PCIe 4.0, which, you know, this is now the second generation of Ryzen systems that have that. So good on them for catching up. Uh, rumors say it's going to be 14 nanometer. And it's going to be real hard for them, if that's the case, to catch up if these AMD numbers hold true. <laughs> Especially because yeah. they're coming out a couple months later. Yeah. Yeah. No, and everything looks, I mean, they're all, all indications. The other thing that I will tell you about that news yesterday. So just to tell you how competitive Intel has gotten these days. So we were being pre-briefed. We were pre-briefed on this information. And at that very same time the pre-briefing started, Mark Hawkman wrote a story about the Rocket Lake news, which is like, hey, Intel saying, we got Rocket Lake coming first quarter. And it's going to have PCIe 4, right? 
you think they it's just the exact same time? <laughs> you think Intel just randomly timed that? And of course, my question to Robert Halleck was like, "Hey, what do you think about this breaking news that Intel's going to have PCIe four and uh, Rocket Lake in in first quarter?" I was really hoping for kind of a Jensen kind of like you know unload on them, but he was he was pretty polite. But he did he did get some burns, and he got a solid burn. Is like, if I recall correctly, it was very much like, "Hey, you know, we're glad Intel recognizes that you know." to follow our lead and to go to add PCIe 4 that, you know, we've been doing for some time already. So it was a good burn. He didn't really, really totally dump on them. Like, you know, how Jensen might dump on somebody, but it was a, you know, it, it just, this, the competitive streak from both companies is crazy. Right. But I just like that. Like, Hey, that's, that's great. You're doing PCIe 4 now, Intel. Welcome to it. We've been doing that for a while. So I tell you what, when we were doing the RTX 3080 reviews, like you mentioned earlier, a big debate was, should you go with Ryzen for the PCIe 4 or should you go with Intel because it has the higher clock speeds because, you know, that's what games respond to. Uh, it, if these, you know, numbers hold true, I mean, it looks like AMD has them all and I might have to set up my GPU test system as an AMD system for the first time ever. Right, right. Because they're not saying mm-hmm. we're at parity. They're saying some things maybe we're at parity, but we're above them in performance in games. I can see that happening. I can see... Everybody who does serious GP reviews switching over from Intel, which would be the first time in at least right a decade. <laughs> yeah, I mean, probably not. And, you know, again, another significant quote from Robert Hollock. He was like, you know what? For those who have been doing this for a while, this is, this is, and who lived through Athlon 64, this is Athlon 64. This is, there was no doubt, and somebody who lived through Athlon 64, there was no doubt that Athlon 64 was the better of the two CPUs, period. No matter what, there was nothing you could find that Athlon 64 was was worse at. And he says, that's where we're at today with this. You know, over the life, P4 got some occasional bumps. But, you know, I would agree. Athlon 64, it, and let's talk about this now because I have a story in the website saying, what does this mean for Intel? I, I do want to ask you this because I think this is nothing but bad news, right? Yeah. Because it's like, you know what? Intel, no matter what, always had a reason to exist. Yeah, we're getting our butts kicked and multi-threaded, but you don't care about that. You're not doing all this 3D rendering home. You're playing games. You want a Core i9 because that's the best. Look at our look at this. We're so much faster. What the hell does Core i9 do now? What does it bring you? If really, if AMD is is telling truth and they are exceeding Core i9 in game performance, what refuse? What can you justify Core i9 with? Well, I mean, there's specialized things like the AI and the AVX and all that stuff. But but that's not all. Well, that's not in 14 nanometer parts, though. Uh, I, I will say the one thing. Yeah, I know. I know. There's not, <laughs> it's not, in, not in 14 nanometer parts. There is no AVX 512. Yeah, I'm just mm-hmm. make sure I've got that right. And um, QuickSync might be the one on the mm-hmm. CPU cores that actually have the IGP, but they sell a lot of chips without the IGP. But I just think like it's real. this is like really grim. It's really, there's, you don't have PCIe 4. You don't have better game performance if these numbers are correct. You use a lot more power. Mm-hmm. You don't know if you're going to, I mean, the, the backwards compatibility wasn't there. So you had to buy LGA 1200 just to get into that ten, tension, right? What's... Where does Intel go from here for this? I mean, well, don't you say they they always put in a lot of effort uh, with developers to try to get uh, you know 
that their their yeah. special sauce integrated. I mean, that's that's one thing Intel still got still has, right? Yeah, and I would agree with that because if you do something where Intel has basically done a lot of heavy lifting with that developers to optimize for Intel architecture, yeah, sure. But it's, other, it's, I mean, it's, but it's, it's looking rough because like they were saying with Rocket Lake coming out at the end of yes, it's going to have PCI four, so that's going to you know negate that advantage for AMD. But it's looking like it's going to be fourteen nanometer. If it was you know the Tiger Lake version. 10 nanometer on desktop, then there'd be a reason to yeah. look forward to that launch and be like, oh, there's something you want to wait for the next Intel thing, you know. Maybe don't jump on AMD right away because Intel has this coming out in the next quarter. But with it potentially, or by all the leaks are saying that it's going to be another 14 nanometer refresh, that, that takes, you know, a lot of the excitement off the edge of that. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's, I mean, it really is tough, right? I mean, it's going to, it just feels like it's going to be a really long and hard winter. Right yeah. for fourteen nanometer desktop parts, and I, I will say, Tiger Lake is a real deal. It's yep, it's it's a fantastic chip, but I just can't. I just don't know what to say for fourteen nanometer, you know, tenth gen at this point or ninth gen, right? I, I just, yep. yeah, it, like I said, I might be switching. I, my system is longer the two, so I need to switch it out. And there's a very, very, very good chance after you do your review that it might be an AMD-based system for the first time. <laughs> uh, yep. Matthew W. in uh, YouTube chat is asking, uh, should we read into anything that they, they barely spoke about the 6 and 8 core parts? I, you know, I think you could read in that this, they're, I mean, I I don't think their their advantage doesn't magically evaporate just because you lower core count. And also remember, those are those are single CCD parts. They may actually get some pickups elsewhere. I think it's just, do you really want to go on for you know? You want to get information. You want to get it out there, and and have it done. You know, the Oops, high end is where the excitement is, and also at the high end is where they got more core count, more threads. So I I think you focus on the top end. It would be like. Coming out with the new graphics card and talking about the mid-range one the whole time. It's just not yeah. If you look, if you look at the Nvidia thing from a couple of weeks ago, the 3070 got like two minutes. Like, oh, we have a 3072 and it's going to be as fast as the 2080 Ti, which is very exciting. But they focused obviously on the 3080. Got it. Got but it. I understand you are the internet, so you're going to wring <laughs> your hands and worry about like, oh my god, you know. <laughs> what else are we going to uh, do during quarantine? <laughs> we also uh, uh, had a real quick a couple people say uh intel still has a couple strengths uh thunderbolt that's intel mm-hmm. uh and uh oh man Laptops. i lost it no uh, oh here we go big mama in the house said uh but the 1099k is a much better choice for a cold winter <laughs> <laughs> that, is, that is true they make they do make an awful lot of heat and just so people because uh, i know people did want to know the configurations amd tested on uh, oh, we have it on one of the final slides, right? The yeah, but notes. I'll just read it off. I don't think people want to read all that, but I will. Is it 27? I can show it. Or 28. Basically, for they tested both with uh, Samsung 860 Pro SSDs, 2080 TIs for the gaming performance, Noctua NH, Ds and Delta 15S. Sierra coolers, Windows 2004, 1080p, uh, latest uh, drivers, and, you know, latest version of Windows. So, and with uh, 16 gigs of DDR4 3600. Got it. So, yeah. You know, they are basically, uh, yeah. 
Uh, we do have a couple questions from the chat. Uh, if you want to get to it, uh, any any word about uh, what was it X? Um, oh no, my thing just crashed. Uh, oh, good because I have a question, Adam. Oh, oh yes, question. What does Brad think about R six thousand reveal? Uh, should we get to these questions first or no? Oh, you want to? Yeah, okay. we, we have we some do, CPU questions. Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. man, my yeah. I, I lost the. I lost my super chat uh, history. I'm sorry about that. One second. Uh, see if I can bring it back he's up. He's scamming but... you, folks. He wants you to do more super. No, here chats. we go. Here we go. Got it. <laughs> Matthew Mullis asked. Uh, gave us uh, ten uh, pounds. I think it was. Uh, any word on X670 chipset? No, none at all. X570 is current. Um, I think I saw uh, Steve at Gamers Nexus video it says that all those X um, does those. There was, a, I think, X590 chipset, and it's yep. just simply, these are just simply, these are, according to the people he talked to, these are previous chipset uh, that got killed and somehow made it back into the code. So, no, there is no new chipset plan, and really, why would you at this point? Yep. Okay. B, B550 just came out, so... <laughs> Uh, and then, uh, where is it? Uh, Ulrich Kroll gave us uh, 20 Danish Krohn, thank you, uh, and said, uh, is the review embargo also for November 5th, Gordon? I do not I know. I can't not talk know. about embargoes. <laughs> I think someone in chat said something like, second rule of embargoes, you can't talk about the embargoes. <laughs> it's totally true. Some some people will, like, you'll see other sites tweet and talk about when the embargoes left, but... Just the act of being under embargo means you can't say when the embargo is up, or even if you're under embargo, typically. So even yeah, if we knew, we couldn't tell you. That's a classy thing to do. It's not, you don't, come on. It's, yeah. You don't do that. Yeah. All right. All right. Um, yeah. I mean, there's, there's tons of questions, but we can, uh, uh, yeah, let's, let's get to, let's get to Radeon. And we got a couple slides on that one too. Uh, nope. If we want to get to any of those. Sure, there was only a couple of slides. I think there's only one that showed performance, actually. Yeah, yeah. First, I'll show the uh, the actual card itself. A, a nice, nice up close shot of that that Radeon logo. It looked better there than it did in the uh, in Fortnite. Initial... No, well, yes, in Fortnite. <laughs> but that initial tease that they made on social media, like it was a cool picture, but it looks much better in person, I think, than it did. Uh, but anyway, yeah. So surprise, apparently. AMD listens to the full nerd as well, as Lisa Sue said during the thing. And last week I said, hey, it'd be sweet if, you know, Radeon 6000's kicking ass. Come on out and show some numbers of Radeon 6000 paired up with their high-end chip. We can see how it stacks up against the RTX 3080 because a lot of people are asking for it. Uh, Scott Herkelman, the head of Radeon Graphics, actually gave me a quick phone call yesterday to say, hey, we're doing exactly that. And... He provided me the numbers that you guys saw on the stream today, so I was able to go back and take a peek. Just to recap, uh, <clears throat> running on a 5900X system, uh, Borderlands 3 in badass quality, got 61 frames a second. Call of Duty Modern Warfare got 88 frames a second. And Gears of War 5 got 73 frames a second at 4K resolution, all at the you know bells and whistles cranked up, all the eye candy turned on, etc. Ultra. Uh, and so I was able to go back because Scott told me these numbers yesterday and I was able to find in the Eurogamer review of the RTX 3080 and the Hexus review of the RTX 3080 they tested these games uh, with these exact same settings with different processors you can read my review for all that and essentially I mean this is you know going toe to toe with the RTX 3080 and Borderlands 3 and Gears of War 5 so (laughs) 
it people were saying, hey, what's Big Navi going to be? How's, it, how's our DNA 2 going to shape up? Is it going to be as powerful as an RTX 3080? And based on this performance preview, assuming you can take AMD's numbers at face value, the answer is clearly yes. It's right in the ballpark at the very least. Uh, processors do matter even at 4K, as you can because like the Eurogamer and Hexus numbers are a little bit different. So it's clear that your system does matter. So it's not a direct apples to apples thing, but it's definitely in the same ballpark at the very least with the RTX 3080 in these three games. Okay. That's pretty, <coughs> and, uh, I guess the last question would be price, huh? You know, uh, there's plenty more questions. They're going to talk about them a lot more. Uh, <laughs> October 28th, I believe is the Radeon event. Uh, but the interesting thing about this, there's a couple of interesting things. One, Scott Ruckman on the phone call to me stressed that he wasn't saying which GPU this actually is. So is this the biggest big Navi? Is it the step down big Navi? Hashtag just, biggest Navi? Yeah. <laughs> bigger. That's actually what I wrote in my article. Is this biggest Navi? Uh, but yeah. So we don't actually know if this is actually their high end offering. We don't know if this is their you know, tip top. We don't know if this is their step down. We don't know what it is. Uh, and it's running on that 5900X. So nobody's tested that in the real world. So again, it's not apples to apples with any of the reviews that are out there. But you can get ballpark, and it's right up there with the RTX 3080. But the thing that's interesting is that it was ran at 4K, and all of these games are ran in DirectX 12. Uh, Ampere architecture gets its best performance in modern APIs like DirectX 12 and Vulkan. And it gets its best performance from the way the GPU is constructed at ultra-high resolutions. So it can keep all those insane shader counts fed so at 4k and that's why they talk about 8k gaming because that leverages their insane amount of shader cores in these so this is like a best case scenario in theory for the rtx 3080 <clears throat> if you drop down to 1440p typically it doesn't scale as well so depending on how amd is building rdna2 if it's in the ballpark-ish of the RTX 3080 in DirectX 12 at 4K resolution, there's a very good chance that if you drop down to 1440p, it could be faster than the RTX 3080. So all kinds of interesting things going on. They're going to have, you know, ray tracing. They didn't talk about any of that stuff today. They just showed those couple of numbers. But it's looking like at this point, with all the stock woes, if you haven't managed to grab an RTX 3080 yet, this is getting revealed in a couple of weeks you might want to wait for Big Navi at this point. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you have to wait at this point. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I have a, a big breakdown on the site that goes into all that, you know, core differences and stuff like that. But this, I mean, high resolution, DirectX 12, that's where Ampere shines. And, you know, this r- undisclosed Radeon RX 6000 GPU is right there with the RTX 3080. You know, and I do want to point out, because I called it RX 6000 as well, which I thought, but it's RX 6000 series. Yeah, RX 6000 series. Yeah, yeah no, just like the 5000 series. Yeah, yeah. It's funny, because <laughs> I thought, like, oh, maybe it's 6000. I, I do notice, though, it is 2 8-pin, 8-pin power. And what's 3080? I don't remember. So 2 8-pin for the default. Okay. Uh, uh, the custom cards go up to 3 8-pin, but, like, uh, the adapter for the 12-pin for the Founders Edition is just 2 8-pin. Stock reference. So, yeah, it's looking pretty good. I mean, AMD, I think that's cool as hell that they listened to the show and like, hey, let's let's do what we talked about on the full nerd and came out and said, hey, you know, here's what we got, too. And it's it's looking pretty good. So 
that's that's very encouraging. What what do you think Nvidia is going to do? Because I mean, in they're in a far better position for Intel to push back. How if you were? It's, it's interesting because Intel and Nvidia actually have a lot of parallels going on right now in the way they made their things. Because Intel is obviously just pumping more juice into the 10900K to make them as fast to hit five gigahertz, etc. And that's really kind of what Nvidia did with Ampere too. Like this card uses a lot of power. It doesn't have a ton of overclocking headroom. They're pushing it as hard as they can. So I just find it really interesting that they have a lot of parallels in it. AMD says that. Uh, Big Navi is going to have a 50% performance per watt increase compared to first-gen RDNA. So they, they could be kicking ass on all kinds of fronts. Yeah, and this is why I think it's always better to... I, one of the really great advantages of launching after your competitors is you already know what they've... they've it's like poker. They've showed off their, their whole cards, and yep. now you, you know what to do. So I, I think it puts them in a better position to be second in a lot of ways because you don't want to come out first have your competition come up and clock you and then you look, you feel kind of bad, right? Or Yeah, I did find it interesting that uh, when NVIDIA pushed back the 3070 launch, uh, they said it was to improve stock, which could very well be the case with all the stock woes they've had with the 3080 and 3090. But it's also now going to launch the very day after the Radeon RX 6000 reveal. So that's going to be on October 28th and the 3070 lands the 29th. I don't think it's an either or. I think it's an and. (laughs) (laughs) You get more time to build stock and you get to uh, yep. potentially dump on your competitor. If you were AMD and you now have a 3080 competitor, mm-hmm. where do you price it? Do you just simply go, we know that NVIDIA is going to either cut their prices or do something to respond? Do they undercut the 3080 a little bit as well as you know the 3070? Yep. Is going to depend on the product. I keep using that answer when we've asked the past few episodes, but it really does. Like, it depends on what they offer. Like, if they do manage to match the 3080 at 4K and presumably at 1440p, maybe they're faster at 1440p, maybe they're not quite as good at ray tracing. But if they're able to generally match the RTX 3080, but offer, you know, 16 gigabytes of memory, just standard GDDR6, uh, I would think they would price it just about the same price. Like, like we were just talking about with the Ryzen CPUs, like that's a good part and they're charging it like it's a good part. And if that winds up being the case with the Radeon as well, then I could, I mean, the, what was it? Radeon 7, the, the 7 nanometer Vega one, that was an $800 graphics card, just like the RTX 2080 that it tied with at the time. So they're not, they're not looking to undercut necessarily, I wouldn't think. I would It'd be, be great if they did. <laughs> yeah, I would be interested to see if they will end up going the same route as they did with Ryzen in terms of trying to win over hearts uh, and market share by lowering prices. Like I, I think you're right, Brad, in that if the performance is there, they don't need to. But I, I always, I've always wondered if they would eventually take the same playbook from their CPU side and apply it somewhat to their GPU side just to kind of smooth out, you know, their their track record previously to kind of, you know, get people to forget about the past and concentrate more on what they've got in the you know, present time. That'd be real exciting to see. And, and I believe I've read interviews where they've likened RDNA to Ryzen, like for the GPU side. So that'd be awesome to see. 
yeah. think it would be hard right now because so many things are asking for that TSMC seven nanometer wafers. Like this is seven nanometer, Ryzen is seven nanometer. Both those new consoles are going to be seven nanometer. So like, there's only so many wafers that can be made. So I, I, I think. I hope I'm wrong, but I'd love to see cheaper parts, but I think this would be a hard generation to try to reduce prices a bunch just because of manufacturing constraints. Yep. <laughs> I wouldn't think it would be a huge drop. I don't think it'd be like the moment when they announced first gen Ryzen and we were all like, what? <laughs> um, but I do wonder if they would do it just, just a little bit to kind of sweeten the pot. Yeah. If it comes in, you know, just as fast, 16 gigabytes of memory is the rumor right now. Uh, and fifty dollars less, then I mean that'd be like a no-brainer unless you're very much interested in ray tracing. And we don't even know what AMD is going to do with ray tracing. We just know it's yep. going to have ray tracing. So, I, you know, and I do think, yeah, I, I'm with you, Brad. It's pretty hard. It's going to be really hard to to be as disruptive as 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 Ryzen was because, you know, especially because the pricing on the thirty thirty series is, you know, people are pleasantly surprised at the pricing on thirty series. So the only reason. AMD was able to be so disruptive on Intel was Intel CPU prices were just had just gotten ridiculous, mm-hmm. right? I mean, I mean, I would say I would say that GPU prices, like to me, the, we're in an era of over five hundred dollar graphics cards now, and to me, that is kind of ludicrous. Like we're talking about a fifteen hundred dollar RTX thirty ninety, and to me, you know, seven eight hundred dollars for the flagship thirty eighty, uh, that's a steep price still. So, I mean, it's not quite as to the level of outrageousness that Intel had with that stupid 10-core chip. But, uh, (laughs) I mean, part of the reason why people are so happy with 30-series pricing is because 20-series pricing was so terrible, yet pushed the bar up. So we're still at that higher bar raise level. Now we're just getting the performance that we should. So. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, so I, I, the, here's my guess though, is I think that's the play Intel is going to do when it's, you know, XE parts are finally ready to come to desktop. I think, you know what? They got nothing to lose. If they, if they mess up the whole game for AMD and NVIDIA, you just, you basically, as disruptive as AMD with, with Ryzen, you, you, you offer, you know, say 3070 performance for, the price of a, you know, 3060, right? I mean, yep. yeah, we'll see. But this card that they revealed today is not going to be anywhere near that price because this thing looks like it. People have been wondering, can they keep up with NVIDIA? If, if these are any indication, then very much yes. You know what's going to drive people crazy, though, is those fans spinning. Those R's will get out of sync. <sighs> <laughs> it would be really cool if they figured out a way that for them to all spin synchronized or when they end, they all stop in the same position. You know? I don't think you could do that, but I don't know if it's worth the investment in moving parts to do it. That always drives me crazy when I take pictures of graphics cards for my reviews. I'll go and I'll take all the pictures and then I'll bring it back in. And I'll be like, oh, no, the logos are facing different directions on these. And I'd have to go back out and retake all the pictures so that it's all the same. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, oh, we, we, uh, that's a lot of news. That's a lot. Yeah. Of, a lot I'm of worn news. out. I'm worn out. I know, it's funny. Tired. Cool. Gordon and I were both pre-briefed, but we didn't talk to each other about what we were covering so that we could each be fresh for this episode. So he knew the CPU stuff. I knew the GPU stuff. No one else knew anything. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
Adam and I wallow in ignorance. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, you know, there's one thing we should show we didn't show here. Let's go to slide seven. Sorry, back to CPU talk. Oh, oops, <laughs> slide. Yeah. That is a lot of news. You're proving them right. I just want to show people because we didn't we didn't show this earlier. Um, okay. Oh no, I I, I did I did show that the architecture. Oh, you did show that. I okay, did show we're that. good. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Cool. We we got everything then. I just yeah. like. I mean, there, there's a lot of questions in the chat, you know, for things that, that we just don't know, like what are the temperatures going to be, you know, uh, for yep. the, the new GPUs. Gotta wait. Gotta wait. You know, I, I actually, when I was talking to Scott on the phone, I'm like, I have a lot of questions. You know, I have a lot of questions. Uh, <laughs> and I know you're not going to answer any of them. He's like, nope, we're just giving you these three numbers today, and that's what you get. <laughs> and no, uh, no mention of ray tracing, you know. We'll see it's going to be there. That. Yeah. There we'll was a slide that actually. Uh, Talk to, like if you screenshot it, you can actually see there's a little bit of a chart that says ray tracing performance in like a specific context. So. Uh, yeah, and then uh, the James Talley just you know was kind of mimicking what Elena said. Is there anyone else concerned about the price jump on the CPUs? I just want to talk about ray tracing real quick. Oh, yeah. uh, we don't obviously know what AMD is going to have for ray tracing these Radeon GPUs. We do know they're going to have it. And we also know that the consoles are going to be powered by RDNA 2-based Radeon GPUs. So, I mean, NVIDIA's doing this, been doing this for two generations now, and there's a lot of dedicated hardware at it. So there's a very good chance that they will be better at ray tracing. But it's still worthwhile to keep in mind that AMD's implementation is going to be the baseline going forward because it's what's inside the consoles. Yeah. So just, just something worth pointing out. It is it is a good strategy because you know every single developer is going to optimize for game consoles. So naturally, that shows up on PC gaming too, right? Yep. Uh, Star Screamius always Wait. will love. Oh, what? Do we want to answer that question you just asked? Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. What, <laughs> uh, what was it? The um... the price. Oh price yeah, increase. pricing. So uh, I'll just jump in since I, I tend to be the price person here. Uh, I would say I my main focus of concern really is in that, uh, you know, Ryzen 5 range, or I guess maybe is it Ryzen 7 now? I've lost track of how the tiers have moved. I'm less concerned about it in the 5900 and 5950X range because I feel like when you're in that range, you know, if you're buying a premium car, and they, you know, charge you a little bit more so you get, you know, that much more horsepower, then you're not going to care. I mean, yeah, it'd be great if they, they hadn't done the price jump, but I think relative to the already baseline price, you're not going to feel that 50. But when you're in the 250 to $300 range, you will feel that $50. So that's why I've called that out. I 100% agree. Question answered. Let's move on. (laughs) (laughs) There we go. Uh, So uh, Star Screamius was asking, uh, if the new architecture is 8 cores and 32 megabyte cache, why is there a 6 core CPU? Seems odd. In their mind, at least. Oh, well, you always, you have to, you have to, you know, I don't know what their yields are, but typically companies will take chips that are, they call them salvage parts. You basically get one where maybe a core isn't good, but for all we know, is mostly to service a marketing need. Uh, AMD and Intel know not everybody wants to buy $700 CPUs, so they have to have a $300 CPU too. And it would be cool to give you 16 cores, but it's also not a way to make money. 
So you do have to have that part. Yeah. Yeah. I, the cash, I didn't actually break out the cash. I can tell you what the cash was on those since you're asking. Is there a slide for that? There actually is. Yeah. Let's break out slide uh, 15. So the 5600X audio listeners is 35 megs of cash total. Ryzen 7, 36 megs. Uh, and for Ryzen 9, 70 megs. Because remember, two CCDs on the, on the, on the 12 core part. And then you got your base clocks. And again, you can see in the slide that the 65 watt part gets that uh, plastic license plate frame that says you got your car at Gordon's Ford dealership because <laughs> you really want that on your mustang and uh, on the higher end parts you will not get it i you know what they could do i think amd could say you know what? we'll sell you the wraith cooler at the top end. you really want that wraith cooler they did do that for the they first did do that yeah. yeah yeah but you know i just kind of like you do you want to buy a wraith cooler or do you want to buy a, a noctua or some people really just like the the fact that it's AMD issued. They like the way it looks. So no, I mean, they're, I like it. I like it. Don't rule out yeah. the the heart and all of this, Gordon. No, I think you're great. I, I that's you know that was one of the things when you know AMD really had to give you so much tons of value in the box that that cooler was like like to me having that cooler in the 2000 series that was a that was a big plus over the equivalent Intel part at the time. We you know you either didn't get one or you got like you know a really you know, bare minimum pieces of flare cooler. So I, that's why I always thought Wraith coolers are awesome, but I really don't think you need them on a Ryzen 9 5900X. I don't think it's a great idea. Maybe at that Ryzen 7, but still, that's a $450 CPU you're going to run with your stock cooler. I, I just think well, sure it's made for that. It. Yeah. But also the uh, and Kurashika, yeah. And Kurashika makes a point that, you know, it's not just a price increase of the $50. You're also now having to pay for uh, a cooler as well, so for seven, for Ryzen seven at least, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Because Ryzen nine never uh, had yeah. a, a cooler. Ryzen seven did used to have a cooler. True, true. So what were you saying? Like it sounds like Intel's going to now come out and they're going to say, well, you know what? You don't need all those cores, and really, you're playing at 1440p or 4K. And we're cheaper. Look, our our CPUs <laughs> are actually cheaper. What do you really don't get? I mean, I. I'm just wondering if that's the play that is, is that going to turn into that now? Because it sounds like there's definitely some like, Oh no, the price. We'll Any price see. is a consideration. We'll have to see. But I mean, still you're, you're getting a lot. That, but, that yeah. big jump. Some, somebody said, you, yeah. you know, for a 19% jump for, you know, <laughs> extra money is still. <laughs> yeah. Like Higher that. clock speeds, you know, apparently the world's best gaming CPU on a 19% IPC increase. I mean, I'm not unhappy about it. To me, that's worth that's worth having a slight uptick in price. Yeah, I I do think the cooler thing will be an argument going forward, yeah. just between the two different camps. Because there's definitely the people who buy like for now, right now, like a 3900X. There are people who say like I would never do anything but buy an AIO for it, and other people say like you know what, why not use the cooler? I mean, yeah. maybe I don't have to worry about ambient temperatures, so I'll just use what came in the box. Because I think the 3900X did come with a Wraith's prism. Wraith prism. I saw in the chat, somebody mentioned Optane, that Intel has Optane, and somebody's previously said Thunderbolt. As the pluses for Intel, I will say, remember Optane, 
uh, as a hybrid drive is really where you sort of need that bow support. Um, if you're running a pure Optane drive, it works perfectly fine in AMD platforms because it is essentially a super low latency SSD. And Thunderbolt, I think, matters more in laptops, not so for desktop where you've got all these PCIe slots. So, yeah, impressive yep. show. <laughs> yeah, and only 25 minutes. Yeah, that was quick. That was yeah. quick. I, oh, I guess that's... Perfectly uh, time. Yeah, when you can just edit the video later. <laughs> uh, somebody, my my super chat thing's broken again, but <clears throat> somebody uh, in the super chat said, uh, "How come uh, Lisa Sue didn't ride out on the AMD bicycle?" There, there <laughs> that. Uh, that would have been funny. That was especially just, in like, those heels. More thing. Dude, those heels are so impressive. <laughs> are they selling that bicycle? That's one thing yeah. I was kind of. Oh. Okay. I mean, it's out of stock now, I think, but they were. Yeah, Steve from Gamers Nexus bought one. He's going to check it out because he does all the bike riding. He does, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Oh, it was David Wilson who gave us $5. Thank you. (laughs) Oh, gosh. Uh, Hardo CP is in our chat and says, my AMD bike gets here today. Oh. Nice. Awesome. Good timing. Nice. Uh, well, I, I have links to all the uh, all the awesome articles uh, in the description. I've, I've been putting them in the chat as well uh, for people to go read. I mean, there's there's a, a lot of good stuff. Uh, anything else uh, coming up that that people should keep an eye out for? Uh, this is the big news for right now. I think right. Uh, November fifth is going to be the day. It sounds like the Ryzen CPUs hit the streets. Mm-hmm. Uh, October twenty eighth is going to be. Uh, the next Radeon event, the only Radeon event, the first one, uh, and the day right after that is the RTX 3070. So it's, maybe we'll catch a breather for a week or two, but then yeah. it's going to be a very busy end of the month. It's going to huh. be a real interesting fall. Yeah. Do you think, though, that uh, that means NVIDIA is going, you know what, hold, hold up on the 3070. Let's see what AMD is going to do, right? Because uh, My guess is they're just trying to dump on their... Uh, visibility and marketing and stuff like that because you know everyone's going to be covering all this stuff on the 28th when the radeon event happens and then assuming that reviews and availability is the next day to match availability uh immediately everything is going to shift to have nvidia in the headlines instead so that would be my guess but i don't know anything (laughs) i also put it past nvidia to have an early uh embargo lift on the reviews so that they're in the news cycle, even before AMD has yep. their press conference. That right. happened with the 3080. So, Is it also potential they could say, you know what, let's see what AMD shows off if they announce pricing, if they announce something that competes with 3070, and then they can adjust. Mm-hmm. Although the pricing of 3070 is already established, right? Yeah, for so there's Yeah, there's really not much they can do. I mean, that's baked in. Mm-hmm. If, if an AMD part comes in faster than 3070, at the same price, then that's that wouldn't be good. Yeah, we'll have to see. It'll be real interesting to see how AMD handles the competition with the 3070, because they say the 3070 is as fast as the 2080 Ti, which obviously is the best 4K you know graphics card that you could get up until the 3080's launch. Uh, but the 3070 only has 8 gigabytes of memory, so that's not super great for 4K going forward. Uh, it probably will make it better for a high refresh rate 1440p so if amd manages to put out a 3070 competitor with more memory then that could make it much more appealing but we'll have to see how all this stuff shakes out they're both all three companies right now the big three hardware companies are 
playing very intense games of chess right now. And we yeah. all benefit as a result. <laughs> yes. 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 It's hard. It's, it's a lot of work, but it is awesome to watch because, and as a consumer, you benefit directly. I mean, that's what got us to here, right? So we know competition is good, except in game stores. Sorry. <laughs> I'm never going to stop saying that. <laughs> Do we have any questions to clear up or we're, 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 we're clear. Yeah, we're, Everybody's worn out. No, well, there's lots of questions, but I mean, things we don't necessarily answer. <clears throat> um, Sir Nicholas was, uh, or uh, the, uh, I can't find it. Uh, somebody was asking, why aren't we talking about the PS5 teardown, Gordon? That's a big-ass heat sink. Dude. I mean, it's a big console. <laughs> it's a, console. It's a big <laughs> console. It's like 15 inches in Dude. height, man. <laughs> there's some There's some extra space in there. I think they're really worried about heat on that one. And 15, liquid metal. Gordon, liquid metal in, in a height? console. Really? Liquid yeah. metal in a console. Mm-hmm. I, you know, as I know people know I, I'm no fan of consoles. But I just like how they're both bringing it to each other. It's like the PC is basically the ultimate gaming, superior gaming device. But it's it's awesome to see these sort of like little mini versions of them just kind of fight it out. You know, because they, they are hard throttled by pricing. So they can't increase their bill of materials. So they have like certain materials, certain price they have to hit for both of them. And then they just go to town and fight each other out. But it's it's awesome to watch from up on high looking down. <laughs> Facts. Uh, the one thing I think was interesting uh, among all the chatter was that people were saying, oh, will this be the last or second to last console? You know, will this be the last generation? And I just think that we're always going to have consoles. It just They say that every time. Yeah, They say, yeah. It, say it so often, but I mean, it's great that we're seeing improvements in the hardware and it's good for everybody. I just don't think that they're ever going to get to a place with PC hardware that they can standardize it so much that you can lock in a generation, so to speak, or development for the time periods that you see on console. So there's no way that they, they're going to kill that off until the companies decide they're just getting out of that space altogether. They're going to just say, we're Sega, we only do software or whatever happened on that end <laughs> before Sega just kind of faded. Yeah. Um, I, I think I don't understand why we always get this analyst and some media outlets will always say this will be the last console and then streaming is the future. Obviously, everybody's doing no. streaming, no. but it's just like, come on. It's like anybody who says streaming is going to satisfy your gaming urge doesn't really care about games. Right. Yep. And it's about latency, about resolution, color depth. It's about sound, all the things yeah, I'm sorry, you're not going to deliver over my crappy DSL. It's just not going to happen. And I, the fact that you're just getting all that power under your desk or under your TV, that's just not going to change. And I just kind of think it's like the people who say PC is dead, right? Or PC gaming is dead. Let's just stop saying that. I think even most people have stopped saying it except for people who don't know what they're doing, right? So I, <laughs> we actually have uh... – the article's not up yet. I don't know if I could say too much. But we have a coworker who's been using like Stadia and GeForce Now and stuff to play video games. And he just reviewed a gaming laptop that's going to be going up sometime on PC World soon. And after he used that, he was just like, holy crap, you know, I, it was good enough. I enjoyed what I was doing with the, the cloud streaming. But now that I've played this on an actual, like locally on a gaming laptop, yeah. holy crap. <laughs> like, the other things look like garbage now. Yeah. So <laughs> it just—it's no different to me than saying, you know, Wi-Fi versus 
wired connection. You're just yeah. always going to get a better experience with the wired connection, even as good as Wi-Fi, you know, becomes over time. Right. I will say, though, it's only as long as Intel, AMD, NVIDIA, Apple, whoever is doing gaming hardware, Microsoft, Sony, as long as they keep pushing forward. The moment you just kind of like, this is, we don't need to go forward. We've done enough. Yeah, that, that's when the day is over. When the day that AMD and NVIDIA and Intel stop announcing new CPUs, new GPUs, then yeah, it's, it's going to be over. But I just don't see that happening as long as people like us like paying money for hardware. Yeah, yeah lot, lots to talk about coming up. What a, what a month. Or last couple months. Yeah, it's, yeah. It's, a, it's a good fall season to be a PC yeah. uh, enthusiast. <laughs> Everything's coming hot and uh, fast at us. The second it. half of the year. Uh, Gordon, yep. why, don't, why don't you take us out of here? We're obviously going to oh. you know, be talking this. I, I have even more cool stuff that I can't talk about. That's going to be before the end of the month, actually. Speaking Ooh. of. Yeah, things are coming Spoilers. in hot and heavy. Spoilers. Yeah. Teaser. <laughs> well, now I, now I'm, I really want to know because I don't know what it is. <laughs> I'm not telling you. you. <laughs> All right. I'm going to take us out because I just got to go like – just slump down because it's take a too much too much news, too much exciting information. Check back next week for your fix of PC Talk on the Full Nerd. For audio listeners, subscribe to us on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or Stitcher. And also please leave a review on any of those platforms because every time you do, better PC hardware comes out. Send questions and comments to the full nerd at PCworld.com. Thanks for coming. I'm your host, Gordon Ung, with Brad Charkas. Adios, Joe. Alina Yee. Bye, everyone. And Adam Patrick Murray is going to hit the off switch. BB loves Lisa Sue. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Bye, everybody. Thank you. Uh, uh, get it, get it. Uh, <laughs> she doesn't want it. Uh, all right. Bye, everybody.